1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 8, He's Day, Brian. I'm Alex Kazura, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday, Steelers Nation, as we are moving along here in the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 preseason. Last week of training camp, players are off today. They'll be back on the field on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday before breaking camp with a weekend game against the buffalo bills on tap so lots of talk about today dave how you doing i'm
0: doing fantastic camps winding down the season's getting closer what uh from yesterday uh four sundays from yesterday right uh when it comes to the first game of of the season so it'll be here uh kind of before we know it and it's always good to get out of uh out of the training camp uh, uh, mode and more into the rest of the preseason and all like that. I know you've been grinding pretty hard out there. And uh, even though you enjoyed training camp, I, I bet you're counting down uh, the, the rest of these practice days as well, too.
1: There's pros and cons to camp, but certainly some dog days this summer. When, when there's no Steelers games, are you a NFL red zone channel? I know Scott Hansen had the big tweet, as you mentioned, for for Sundays left. Do you, do you watch that when there's no Steelers game on? Or are you just watching a, one game in particular?
0: Uh, I just try to focus on like especially if it's an AFC North team or or, or a team that'll be on the Steelers schedule if it's uh, shown on 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 you know on television on preseason well unfortunately though the last couple of games have been blacked out in my area mm. out here because the Raiders and the 49ers are at my own uh, back door here and I think the one the other uh, late. Late uh, on, I guess it would have been a Saturday night. Was the uh, was the Rams and the Chargers, right? And that that one was blacked out, uh, uh, you know, as well. So, but I mean, normally, uh, if I'm not watching a Steelers game or watching Steelers tape, and there's a preseason game on, if I have a choice, it's usually you know an AFC North team or or or, or a team that uh, the Steelers will have on the schedule. That uh, you know. the the coming season. Not that you're going to learn all that much, but you can learn a little (laughs) bit about, you know, the players and, and, you know, especially early game action and all like that. I don't stay glued to the TV. I just have it on, you know, right. uh, right. Background noise. Watch.
1: All right, Dave, let's uh, dive on and we're going to recap the Steelers bucks games, a bucks game, a bit more in depth today after we've gone through the all 22, a couple of times, didn't have that in our, in our Friday episode um, or whatever it was Saturday episode. I was talking about the game, But let's uh, start here with some housekeeping, kind of as we talked about during the camp episode yesterday, uh, just an injury report, health status of this team. A couple players not practicing yesterday for the Steelers. That included Trey Norwood, uh, Keanu Benton, Nick Witowski, Duke Dawson, Cam Hayward, and Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, Reportedly, Ogunjobi's foot was in a boot. And so we'll have to see how serious that is. It could be nothing. It could be something We'll keep an eye on it throughout the week at camp. Cam Hayward is sick, per Mike Tomlin. I think Benton's ankle injury is not that serious. Same with Gutowski's shoulder. I think Dawson avoided a serious injury to that knee or leg. I don't know exactly how long he'll miss, but I don't think it's the he's going to IR tomorrow variety. And Norwood is working his way back. Same with Keanu Neal. John Lovett, Joey Porter Jr., all three who missed the preseason opener. So overall, I would say coming out of the first game, we'll have to check on Joby, but the team is in a in a pretty decent health spot.
0: Yeah, you know you you know that along with camp time and preseason time, that you know there's always going to be some bumps and bruises associated with play. And uh, I think for the most part, yeah, they have had a couple of uh, knee injuries that have, you know, with, with Trice and Mm -hmm. uh, the most recent one, I think with, 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 with Chappelle Russell and all, Uh, And then you see what happened the other night with uh, Duke Dawson. And and you yeah, you you thought the worst, and maybe that's not going to end up that way. Uh, it is a little bit concerning when you got like got a guy like uh, Larry Ogan Joby uh, in in a boot on the same foot that he had that issue with a couple years ago. But uh, look, it, it it could be anything, and I think they had a picture of him on on the uh, Steers uh, uh, community. Uh, uh, you know community action account and all like that he was out there you know showing support doing some stuff with, with with uh different groups and all like that so uh hopefully it's just he just twisted his ankle more than anything there and and it's not you know a continuation of what was it a liz frank uh, issue that he had mm-hmm. a couple couple of years ago because man we've talked about it a few times and and yeah, you know, I got to be honest with you. You know, the the contract that they and I said this. You know, back when they re-signed him, the contract that they that that they re-signed him on, that was a little bit of a uh, eyebrow raiser in my eyes. Uh, overall, uh, especially because I mean, he did you know, obviously play uh throughout the uh, two thousand and twenty two season, but you know, wasn't uh, Even he said wasn't at full capacity there. Uh, and and by no means was his play. Uh, uh, came close to what was what we saw in the 2021 season. I think with the Raiders there, but uh, that said, it, it felt a little on the rich side there. So I mean, they need this guy to be on the field and be that be that 2021 version of himself. And, you know, hopefully whatever this is that ails him on that right foot won't last long. He'll be able to get some steps into preseason there and then end up being that because they they do really need him to mm-hmm. be that guy uh, alongside Cameron Hayward because if he is and, and Cameron, Cam Hayward's Cam Hayward and TJ Watts, TJ Watt and Alex Heisman continues to rise, that's going to be a very impressive front.
1: It's going to be one of the best in football, and so you're right. And and not that the the depth behind Joby is not the best, and so that's that's a concern there. If Ben's going to play the nose, who's going to potentially rotate in for somebody like an Okanjobi? And that was my concern whenever they extended him. The talent's there. I, I've never questioned his ability. It's been a matter of consistency and health, and is that health going to get better as he gets closer to that to that age thirty number? And so I do want to say when I saw him Wednesday. Talking with a trainer, he looked okay. He walked around fine. What does that mean? Who knows? But whenever I saw him and, and first reported that there was something going on with him, it seemed minor. So we'll just have to wait and see. Demonte Casey was in a boot early in camp, and he's back now after just, I don't know, two weeks of, of missing action. So hopefully that's all it is for Ogun Joby. Uh Dave, as you mentioned, Chappelle Russell being waived, injured with a knee injury, suffered in that preseason opener. Pittsburgh replacing him with linebacker Forrest Ryan, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts, believe a Villanova product. He will wear number 46, and he jumped into the team period yesterday. So that's the one transaction made on Sunday. Russell waived injured. He'll go to IR after clearing waivers and a Forrest Ryan being signed.
0: Yeah, tough for a guy like Ryan to come in, especially in that inside linebacker room. But, you know. Maybe maybe he'll get a little bit of burn on 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 special teams and uh, get get more tape out there for himself uh, uh, that way. And it, it's it's sad about Russell because I think you had said that he seemed to be having a pretty good camp overall and uh, was 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 clearly seemed to you know, be a possibility for the practice squad uh, there. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, on, onward they go and they're starting to stack up a few guys on on IR even on 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 split salaries here. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen. Uh, when, when was, uh, uh, Bradley, uh, waived, we're coming up on a week, uh, uh, on that, I think, to see if they do any kind of an injury, uh, settlement on him. Uh, but if not, I mean, it looks like there's going to be, uh, who else we got Graham on, on IR. Uh,
1: there's no settlement with Graham. We're past that window in terms of the initial window to settle. Correct.
0: Right. We're past the Graham issue. We kind of figured that, that, that might be the case there. Uh, Rennell Wren's been on, on, on IR with them and trying to think who else. Oh, Corey Trice is on IR Mm -hmm. and then we'll have to see with, with Russell. So that might be four players, uh, and then uh, obviously we'll see what happens with, with 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 Bradley, that only being a hamstring injury with Bradley, I kind of think he's going to get waved injured with uh, waved again from IR with 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 like a week or two injury settlement or something like that. We'll see. But uh, just goes to show you that that, you know, you have to kind of budget for that kind of stuff because injuries happen during the preseason, even the guys that probably aren't going to end up making a 53 man roster.
1: Bradley went to IR on August 9th, and so could there be something today on him potentially? Yeah, I I
0: think uh, I is I think it's seven business days with the okay. NFL. Uh, w- when it comes to that, uh, there. So and you know until we get a full, you know, seven business days away, uh, we'll see that it very well could happen at, uh, today on on a Monday.
1: Okay. We'll keep it posted certainly if that does occur. Where do you want to go from here, Dave? Do you want to dive into the all twenty two? There were some comments made by Terrell Austin, Matt Canada. Do you want to go into that or do you want to jump right into our review of this game?
0: Yeah, let's jump in real quick on 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 some comments made by Matt Canada and 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 Terrell Austin and one former NFL quarterback.
1: All right, we'll start with the current Steelers and uh, Matt Canada speaking and in typical Matt Canada fashion, not saying a whole lot to really write home about. I think the comment about Broderick Jones and the Steelers intentionally playing him about as much as possible. He had, what was it, 47 or 49 snaps offensively in this game, far more than any other Steelers on, on, on offense had. And so a lot of exposure to him which I think is a really good thing to see his conditioning, to see his readiness. How does he look at the end of a game? Does he kind of get tired and wear down? And I really didn't see signs of that. So I think it was a good strategy to to get Jones as many reps as possible, especially in this era of only three preseason games. It's about getting guys work a lot quicker than trying to spread things out when you had the luxury of four, the occasional fifth game, if you were playing in the Hall of Fame game.
0: Yeah because look these guys go up against each other during training camp and all but until you you know you, you get them out there on the field against other competition especially man he uh you you have him in there as long as he's in there. He can see the different grades of 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 <laughs> of, of uh, competition, you know that that he's going uh, up against some guys that are probably going to be on an NFL roster, uh, some guys that are probably going to be on some practice squad, and then some guys that uh, probably going to be moving some furniture, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, before too long, so yeah, I mean, you you got a young guy like that. You want to you you everything that you said. You want to see his conditioning. You want to see uh, how he stays mentally checked into in in, in into games and stuff like that. Uh, how he handles just his own assignments and and understand the play calls. So yeah, I mean, I I, I I have no issue at all with 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 playing your first round, hopefully future left tackle for as many snaps uh, as, as they did.
1: And I think that's why you see somebody like Spencer Anderson playing three spots in that opener. That's, that's a lot on the plate of a seventh round rookie, but because there's, you know, one fewer game to look at these things, you can't go, okay, first game you're going to play here. Second game, you're going to play there. And then of course starters are going to play more in the second and third game, which limits snap counts. So you really kind of got to put more in these guys as played early because there just isn't the opportunity to wait around and kind of ease these guys into the process, whether it's Anderson moving around or a ton of snaps for Jones and his NFL debut, you kind of have to throw these guys in the, in the deep end and see if they sink or swim.
0: Yeah. I'm really interested to see how this uh, position, you know, flexibility and uh, can continues with Spencer Anderson as well too. And, you know, Canada, I mean we'll see you got Nick you got Nate Herbig uh we'll see what 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 the issue with his shoulder is and if it keeps him out anytime or if he's uh ends up with him um uh missing this next preseason game here but uh uh Canada kind of hinted that yeah you know center he he answered it without answering it which is a, a What did class- he,
1: what did he say exactly? W- uh,
0: which is a classic uh let me see if I can pull it up here uh Canada on him
1: because I do want to see Anderson get center reps, and the Herbig injury may open that door a bit, but he has not taken one in camp so far.
0: Uh, he says, I think the versatility the more things you can do in anything in life, probably the better you are. you got to be a master at something. Uh, but I think Spencer's a guy that has some versatility with what he can do with uh, with different spots, physicality and movement, and those things. So that gives him uh, more opportunities to play. He goes on to say, he was asked uh, specifically if, if, if Anderson might have some value as center. He says, Spencer can snap the ball. He says, I mean, obviously, we're looking at it right now. I don't know. Here, here's what's the confusion using part of what Matt Canada said. I don't know if we'll get to that or not. (laughs) Uh, Mm. uh, But again, his versatility is real. So we look at those things. The more he can do when you start getting down to those last spots. And I think those things are valuable. So we know Spencer can snap. So wouldn't want to get uh, direct on that. But that's certainly a possibility if we get to that. So, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's a high priority, but it does sound like it's something that they are interested in pursuing. So, uh, you know, what does that mean for the rest of of, 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 of the preseason? Will we get to see him any uh, at center? My, my gut wants to tell me no, that they really just want to concern themselves maybe with both tackle spots and both guard spots and we saw him play the other night in against the buccaneers and and as, right I mean pretty much right as you laid out ahead of the game you know uh uh three spots uh, uh right guard right tackle and left guard seems to have been what he had played primarily in 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 training camp up until that
1: point correct Yeah, I mean, he had played, he'd been playing more tackle than guard, but he's played everything but center in camp so far. And so he began camp at right tackle, then flipped to left, and has been kind of floated in at guard a bit more here and there. So it's been a mix, probably more tackle than guard. And In this game, we probably saw a bit more guard than tackle. But, they, of course, they wanted to get Jones a ton of time, so that kind of opened up the opportunity for Anderson to see more reps at guard.
0: And I think you uh, reported yesterday that... uh he spent more time on the left side at at left tackle and left guard during practice. Right. So, or
1: correct
0: correct, or correct, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, left, right. Who's on first. Uh, (laughs) and, and and if indeed that's the case and that continues these next couple of practices, then, you know, maybe we'll, we'll kind of see a flip of what we saw in that front. Cause he, when he came in the game the other night, he went, uh, right guard, right tackle, left guard, I think was the, what, what was the progression there? Maybe this next game we'll see him go left guard, left tackle, right guard. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, they could. I really don't know how they're going to go about it. It depends a bit on the health of the group and, you know, Canada's comments were made before the Herbig injury. Right. Now I don't know if that's going to completely change the calculation. They don't. They have enough centers where they don't have to have Anderson play center. You can go Cole, Green, and McCollum. You have your one, two, three centers if you if you wanted to go that uh, route. If Herbeck's going to miss some time, so we'll just have to wait and see. But obviously, Anderson's hyper versatility is a good thing for him. It's going to add more value, and he's going to make a, a strong push here for one of these eighth, 8th uh, ninth offensive lineman spots. And his play has just been pretty good too. It's not been perfect, but I mean right. the, the quality of the tape for how much is on his plate right now for a guy shifting around a ton is uh I think above the line, as Mike Tomlin might say.
0: I and and there was that interview yesterday probably he comes off as a super smart kid and uh uh understanding of what his role is and, and look you go back to uh he you know played all, virtually all five spots on the offensive line and and that's obviously attracted to the steeders so uh I, look I, I don't think you can count him out in this race right now for one of those especially if they keep nine in total I it and kind of depending on maybe what happens with with uh raven clark uh and 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 maybe Dotson there's you you could carve out a path for him
1: sure i mean if you had to put him on there you could easily find a way and it may be you know him over a kendrick green maybe fighting for a final spot or or la raven clark as you said so we'll see but that's a guy certainly to watch for the rest of the summer right anything else from canada i, I didn't see anything else that stuck out to me but but you heard it probably better than i did
0: uh, no, no, I, I think you hit on the two things with the, with, with, with the two offensive linemen, you know, and the rest of the stuff was saying, you know, I, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, especially with the, with the first team offense and, you know, spread the ball around and yada, yada.
1: Defensively with Terrell Austin, I know we talked about James Pierre on the podcast yesterday. I mean, we can talk about that again. Anything else though, from Austin, that was super notable?
0: I just think the, uh, the the comments about Pierre and 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 the comments about Mark Robinson uh, provide a little bit more clarity of what's going on in, in in inside the Steeler's head uh, with with those two players. Uh, but I think the clarity stops, especially with Pierre at at, at this point. Of I, I think it creates a question, a, a good question of, and and it's a question obviously in his head as well too. Is Pierre the fourth cornerback on this roster or is he the fifth corner slash special teams guy? I mean, I mean, obviously, f- fourth cornerback comes with special teams duties as well, too. I mean, that, that's one thing mm-hmm. that if if, if if Pierre ends up making this roster, there's going to be an element of special teams attached to it. So I guess it becomes now is, is he the fourth cornerback? And talking about mostly those on the outside there, or is he the fifth? And if he's the fifth, who who is the fourth?
1: I think, I think Pierre is the fourth in terms of the outside corners. It's in any order, Peterson, Wallace, Porter, and then Pierre. I don't know who's ahead of him to be that fourth outside corner, I think. And I made the comment yesterday That Terrell Austin hit the nail on the head when he said, is Pierre just going to be a special teamer, backup? Is that his ceiling? Is that who James Pierre is? Or can he be someone who can actually play on defense and rotate in? And they've done that throughout his career, through injuries and other opportunities. And I have just found him to be a really inconsistent guy. And that's basically what Austin was getting at, is he's never found that consistency. He's been up and down. And can he overcome that? Or will that just be who he is?
0: I mean he's he's probably at this point he's he's never gonna be a starting corner in, in, in the NFL, right? And and man, you you, you really don't wanna to have to get him into a game playing outside, especially if you're playing someone like the Bengals or something like that, right? Uh so uh but I mean you can't deny also what he gives what he what he can pro- provide this team on special teams specifically as as a gunner. He's a high effort guy, it's just he's you know, not not a starting caliber NFL cornerback cor- at this point, uh, but it, I, I still feel that all, all this aside, and he didn't, he did not have the best of games against Tampa Bay. Although that touchdown, though, uh, you know, I, I thought he was in pretty good p- position overall, and that was a great throw and a great catch and all like that. But I mean, the rest of the game wasn't ideal for him from a defensive uh, perspective overall. But still, I think he's, yeah. I, I, I'm at the point that if you don't put him on the roster, who are you going to put on the roster and play some, you know?
1: Sure. I, I think he makes the team. Terrell right. Austin probably isn't as concerned about Pierre's gunner ability. He's probably more concerned about what he can offer in that cornerback room if they lose a guy, if uh, Wallace or somebody were to go down. And so that's probably where Austin's focus is at. On that touchdown, yeah, I think it was a fantastic throw by Baker Mayfield and an equally great catch by Trey Palmer. Could, could Pierre, though, have turned around and just pushed him out? Because there's no force-out rule anymore. Could that have been the better approach to that? I'm sure there's some coaching point there, Austin, when it's probably directing towards James Pierre.
0: Maybe a little bit more, gaining a little bit, just a tad bit more depth before trying to make a play on the ball, you know, uh, as well. I mean, (laughs) he only... I mean, what what's 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 the talk if he get if he gets a ham on that ball? I mean, and he just yeah. missed it. You know, it's it's a game of inches though, right? You know, and and, and the other teams paid to make plays as well too. So uh it, it's hard to it's hard to uh circle that game, his play back to that one play. You have to look at the the the, the totality of the sure. play in that game and overall it wasn't great. You know, even if you take that play out of that, you know.
1: In first career, I mean, he's made some great plays. He's had some some struggles, and he's not a super young guy anymore. And so, I think that's just who he is. I think he's going to be number four cornerback, special teamer. You know, ride the roller coaster. That's going to be James Pierre's, I think ultimate uh, NFL. You know, tagline.
0: All right, now there's there's probably going to be five, at least five corners on this fifty three, right? Yes, maybe six, or you you're leaning towards the five.
1: It could be six. I mean, I'm I'm leaning five. They're going to keep five safeties. I'm pretty confident in. So you could go if you go six corners, that's eleven DBs. Which right. you Which you could have do, done before. It's it's heavy though, but you know it's it's possible. But also you're going to probably keep seven defense linemen. So do you go eleven DBs and seven D linemen? And then the numbers start kind of working against you. So I'm kind of still sitting at five and five right now. Five corners, five safeties. All right.
0: and then that makes uh, one of those corners obviously a a a slot guy like either. Uh, Assuming Pierre is the fifth uh, slash special teams one, then obviously you have Peterson, you have Levi Wallace, you have Joey Porter Jr., and probably one of Chandon Sullivan uh, or uh, Elijah Riley, right?
1: Correct. And Peterson will also bump inside. So there's your second slot corner. If a Trey Norwood were to make the team, he can play slot. And so, you know, DeMonte Casey in an emergency situation could play slot. And so there's a couple of backup slot options. So, yeah, when it comes to corner, I'm pretty confident Pierre will make the 53. The slot corner to me is the really interesting discussion. Sullivan versus Riley, two different body types, two different styles, two different NFL resumes. Both guys, I think, having, you know, pretty good camps overall. And so that's a battle that I'm sure will be ongoing throughout these final. I mean, we're about two weeks away from cutdowns, so it's about two weeks left.
0: All right. And the other thing that uh, Austin had to say was centered uh, uh, more about Mark Robinson and how, you know, he's, he's you know, they, they, they kind of know what he, what they have in him as as a downhill guy, a uh, guy against the run. Uh, they just got to continue to get him to progress uh, a, 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 as a guy in the passing game.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, Robinson—he's going to be a rundown guy. That's going to be his calling card. He's never going to be this hyper athlete. He's going to be a great coverage linebacker, but certainly try to improve on the coverage skills a bit and recognition and route concepts and working in zone. He won't be somebody that'll ever, you know, run with tight ends all that well out in space. But um, you know, continue to grow his game and hopefully he gets opportunities to grow because once the season starts, I don't know how many snaps is going to be for Robinson to get better. It's going to be a lot of scout team and backup and special teams type work. And so hopefully he can get as many reps as possible these next couple of weeks before he kind of becomes that backup to start the year.
0: He played 48 snaps the other night on defense and seven on special teams. Now, uh, I would kind of in this second preseason game, assuming they want to play the starters a little bit more, maybe to see his defensive snaps come down a little bit in this next game, but him probably to be, obviously you can't control how many times you punt and kick off, and, and, and all like that. But, uh, uh, probably, you know, in the teens as far, cause you, you really probably need to find out who he is on special teams too.
1: Sure. You do. Absolutely.
0: And so I, I, that's kinda of, and once again, that assumes they 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 want to get a little bit longer look at, you know, some of these uh the third three guys ahead of him on the depth chart at inside linebacker there. Uh I would expect maybe his snaps, his defensive snaps come down just a tad bit, probably play, I don't know, about twenty nine to thirty two snaps on defense in the second preseason game, but see him play a little bit more on special teams.
1: I'm hoping so. So yeah, we'll see exactly how Pittsburgh handles their starters, probably will play more in this game than they did in the opener, and, and we'll take it from there. So anything else from Austin, he did mention, tried to tamp things down a bit on the play of Benton and Herbig, talking about he's going against their stringers, a lot of backups in this game, which yeah, to be fair, they are, but they're also rookies in their first NFL game. And so for them to do well in that that, that debut, regardless of opponent and the strength of the opponent, I think it's you know, obviously encouraging look, them
0: kids can't control who they play against. Right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I think he's just trying to, uh, keep, you know, make sure they don't smell themselves too much mm-hmm. this week.
1: For sure. For sure. All right, day before we get, hey, in, you also
0: talked to, or no, it was Tomlin mm-hmm. that talked about louder milk, right?
1: Or, or yeah, was it? Austin? It was Tomlin. Well, okay. I know Tomlin for sure did and talked about his growth and refinement and the maturation process. All things you would expect Tomlin to say to describe a, a third year guy, but I've seen that with Loudermoke. I think he has had a nice camp. I'm just wondering exactly, you know, his best asset and, you know, can he still impact the passing game? And and those are questions I've always had about Isaiah Loudermoke.
0: Right, right. Now I did think overall top to bottom, uh, that was probably one of the better performances, especially against run, uh, but and we've talked about him, you know, I think dating back to his uh, later in his rookie season, they did some some nice things against the run uh i mean it's it's always gonna be what does he provide you know what I was thinking when I was watching, and we'll i guess w- this is the part where we'll start transitioning in 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 into in, in review into all twenty two and all like that uh I couldn't help but think when going back through that tape a couple of times on the defensive side of ball with with Loudermilk, he would have been a a a much better uh old school early 2000s uh defensive end for the Steelers were asked to really just two gap more than mm-hmm. than than penetrate penetrate one gap right uh cuz oh, yes. cuz he does seem to hold he understands responsibility uh i think it's clear as far as you know keeping the edge and 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 turn getting making sure things get turned back into him and i think he i think he uses his arms uh, uh, well, more times than not when, 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 when trying to, uh, you know, against the run specifically there. And I just, I couldn't help but think, man, if, if, if he would have played back in, in the early two thousands, when he wasn't, when they, when those, when those ends like Smith Aaron Smith, all well, weren't it? We uh, were asked to keep the linebackers clean more, more times and not. Not rely so much on their pass rushing and, and ability to penetrate. He would have fit it fit in well uh, back 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 in that scheme.
1: Absolutely. I mean, his best fit was two thousand and four. I mean, the old school three, four defense, two gap, take on blocks, you know, as you said, keep keep the linebackers, keep farrier, keep foot free. I mean, that that's, you know, the nature in which of Mook fits best in this more, you know, modern NFL where you gotta provide a pass rush and some juice there. He's he's not quite the fit. But I even had questions about his run defense last year. But yeah, I thought in this this preseason opener, um, it was it was a good performance overall. He's getting a ton of reps. This summer, it's a really intense and really strong battle along that D-line with him and Braden Fahoko and Montrevious Adams and Norman Watts. And I know some of those are those tackles versus defensive ends, but just those final spots in that D-line room, this one, I think, will go down to the wire.
0: Yeah, he, he but I, he's he's definitely in play, especially if they keep seven in total, I think.
1: Yeah, the, the question is just, who is the odd man out? Is it Fahoko? Is it Watts? Is it Loudermilk? And... Well, I don't think Leal is odd man out. I still am looking for more from him. I think he had a, a a much better game against the run than I expected watching it live and kind of going into this game, talking about the Marvin Leal. And so that was encouraging. I know he's a really good athlete. Is he a good pass rusher? There's a difference. And I'm still not sure where he's at as a pass rusher at this point in his career.
0: All right. What stuck out on the offensive side of football on the tape? <laughs>
1: I mean, obviously, the first drive, and I wrote about this, you know, the things we didn't see last year, uh, some of the more full field reads by Kenny Pickett, the, the yak opportunities, obviously, the the 33 yard touchdown to George Pickens had 21 yards of yak, his longest uh, yak reception last year was 10 yards of yak. And so he more than doubled that in his first catch of the summer. That's really encouraging to see. I think the play Broderick Jones overall was really steady for the volume of snaps that he had for a de- debut on the road. No less. And, you know, I think he didn't really wear down and I thought he was really good in stunt pickup and recognition. And so I was really pleased with with how Broderick Jones looked, just the consistency of it all in that first outing.
0: All right. Uh, and as far as that uh, first uh, series specifically, and this came up uh, yesterday in a YouTube video by uh, former NFL quarter, quarterback uh, JT O'Sullivan. Oso- 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 uh, who seems to have crushed Kenny? If memory serves me, he's crushed Kenny pretty hard, uh, uh, or really the you know both Kenny and and the play calling dating back to last year, and uh, you know more so in this video that he just uh, uh, released. He he had a lot of praise, I think, for Kenny in the back end of it, but he he uniquely kind of started this thing off with 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 criticizing, you know, uh, the Steelers coming out and running. You know some Hank and 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 uh, uh, what was the yeah, other spacing? Is just yeah. general
1: spacing concepts.
0: Yeah, spacing concepts and all like that. And I I get it. I mean, Matt Cannon is a, a, a an, an easy target at, at this point. And. But but within that, I mean, and you you laid this out as well. I mean, you've talked about running Hank for as long as I can remember. Everyone
1: runs Hank. Everyone uh, runs Hank.
0: Uh, you 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 riding on this site. I mean, it's very common. And a, I thought they executed it just fine o- overall. And I mean, that's and and on top of that, preseason's very vanilla anyway. Why aren't you going to run simple concepts uh, like that? Uh, I just, I I understand the criticism that 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 Canada gets, especially going into the preseason here. But this really felt like old Sullivan was trying to punctuate before before getting into the praise of what what they did well on offense and and Kenny Pickett specifically in that one drive of a first preseason game, it felt like he went out of his way to get the criticism, some criticism mixed into this, into this analysis by just taking an easy slap at, at, at some, you know, some (laughs) concepts used in that thing. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, it it felt unnecessary Mm -hmm. part of the video where he could have really went use that time for, to, 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 to talk a little bit more about what, what, what Kenny did well in that game.
1: Yeah. It felt a little overly critical. Gr- for gratuitous. A that's a good word. Yeah. That, that's a good word. Or
0: like here's your gratuitous slap of Matt Canada uh, to really get you riled up. Now uh, let's look at what Kenny did.
1: Right. It was the low hanging fruit. And, and I'm sure some of that is because what happened last year and i'm sure whenever he watched pittsburgh last year he was frustrated with their their passing game concepts and so you see that to begin this year and it just kind of the okay here we go again thought of it all and i think his point was less so about the concepts pittsburgh runs but the frequency in which they run it you know he said yeah everyone kind of runs hank and spacing concepts but pittsburgh seems to do it more than others and that's probably true overall but i wouldn't i wouldn't Use that in a first preseason game. We'll talk about that in, in September 10th against right. the 49ers. Okay, fine. You can talk about it then. But for the preseason, I'd be focusing a little less on scheme than, you know, uh, the actual just execution of play for the quarterback. So I thought it was probably a little over the top from O'Sullivan when he says it's two middle fingers to the modern <laughs> passing game. Maybe a little hyperbolic for a preseason opener, but um, I, I, I understand the general point. And certainly you want to see more advanced concepts once these games begin to count.
0: And look i i, I to, to his credit, I think he did a good job of 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 uh, uh uh highlighting what Kenny did do in that game you know you talk with the uh you talk about the extended play early and him firing that fastball to uh to Deonte over on the right side on the third down at that to move the chains and then the other uh the rollout you know uh uh to 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 Kenny's left with I guess more of a you know a kind of a levels flood uh, uh, concept there and, and Kenny showing the patient patience of, 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 of the over route of Deontay to, to run through, you know, uh, the first area into the second area and, and hit him on a wide, you know, uh, W a O wide ass open, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, situation there. And I, I thought Kenny did a fantastic job reading that obviously on the touchdown to George, uh, uh, Pickens on, you know, making sure, uh, that uh, he moved that other linebacker held that other linebacker uh, uh, away from the middle of the field to make sure you know he's going to get an opportunity for that to come open and uh you know even so you got to deliver a strike there too yeah, that ball's got to be on the money to george a to complete it and b to to give George a chance to, to, to have the yards after the catch. And, and, and it was, I mean, you, you could not have ran down there and handed that football to George Pickens. I don't think any better in that situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I appreciate JT, you know, spending the second half of that video of, of, of highlighting what Kenny did. Well, I, it just, it felt real. It, it felt like he was pandering to the anti, sure. uh, uh, Canada, Crowd in the first part of that, he would have been better off starting off with with going into the positives of Kenny, and then on the back end of the video taking his slap at Canada. I think personally, yeah,
1: we're just sidebarred and say, nice yeah. read here by Pickett, the running Hank, and Canada runs it too much, but it's here's the concept, it works, and they get the first or they get the the completion to Frymuth. Um, regardless, I, I thought Canada had a couple nice calls later in that game on some of those dry follow concepts and some of the, the as you said levels concepts to get some second level uh receivers open over the middle. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge the scheme though no, too harshly in a preseason opener and really not until the, the regular season.
0: I would like to see more half field stuff like that with the levels, especially with Kenny's mobility, you know, and especially uh I mean I you 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 put him in a in a better situation I think to, to win down the field that way, uh, other than just to go routes, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. There needs to be, there, there needs to be more variety and, and constraint plays have to be called, you know, more effectively and smarter. And I think, you know, being able to sequence plays was an issue with Canada last year. Um, hopefully with this offense being more stable, more experienced, there's going to be more growth and that's going to open things up a bit more. So we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Now look, if you get first through the first two or three games, and we're talking a lot of man, you know, the the only shots taking are taking downfield, or are one on one on the outside, and the rest of it's uh uh, uh spot, you know, uh, route type stuff, or, or, or Hank or stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to go back right into, and especially if they're not winning, uh, to uh, hammering Matt Canada for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean we're not you know, if, if it's not good, we're gonna tell you about that. I think we were hypercritical of Canada, especially early last year, and we'll just we'll take it whenever we'll, we'll the games count and and see what the tape says.
0: And, and look, I'm not defending Matt Canada here. I just I, I'm just look I'm just telling you what I think old time would have been better spent in, mm-hmm. in a in a preseason analysis of, 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 of the Steelers' second year quarterback.
1: All right, Dave, let's get back in these all 22 and our own thoughts here on what we observed talking about Broderick Jones. Did you have any commentary on Broderick Jones and his debut or did your thoughts basically align with mine? Yeah, yeah, they, they they do. And, and I think, uh, you know,
0: they, they said it best coming out of that game. You know, there's things that you want to work on with him with hand plays. He doesn't sound like he's too overly concerned with, with speed rushers, you know, uh, guys on the outside. I think, you know, he, he's going to have to learn that some of these guys on the outside are going to have counters and be able to, you know, set him up to, uh, to, to, to maybe work, work, work back inside. I think the things that, he he might struggle uh, with with early is some guys that play a lot, almost like uh, that that who was that kid uh, McGuire uh, M- Missouri was yeah,
1: his, Isaiah Maguire.
0: Uh was his kryptonite uh, uh, at, at, at Georgia there I think some of those guys that can that with the longer arms that can get arms into his chest that that might be and and then guys that can uh, counter back into the inside that might be the stuff that he has to work on early in his NFL career, I think.
1: You're right. I mean, he can handle speed. He, you know, he's a great athlete. And I think he's quick out of his stance. He's able to seal the edge, um, speed rushers. I mean, th- he's going to have trouble against some of the top speed guys, as everybody does, but that's not the primary concern with him right now. It's going to be, as you said, some of the counters, and I think just, just power rushes, bull rushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jones has to work on his hand placement, his punch. His hand's going to be a bit inconsistent, a bit too wide making that good for significant contact and just kind of being uh, more consistent. I think with, with his hand usage is going to be the thing that Jones has to improve on the most right now.
0: Right. Right. Uh, just, just get quicker. Uh, what one of the things he kind of carries his hands a little bit low uh, coming out.
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back and check. I'm not sure how Meyer teaches that, and if he wants hands up higher, if he kind of just wants it, whatever's comfortable. Obviously, you don't want your hands too low, so you can shoot and make that first contact. So I'd have to check out that tape a bit more in terms of his hand uh, carriage.
0: Uh, as far as the rest of the offensive line went, it was, to me, it, it felt more. I thought Spencer Anderson did some uh, nice things, representing himself at three different positions in that game. Uh it was only one series, but it wasn't a great uh, uh first possession for Chacoama or Corafor, which I think we highlighted uh the other day there. Uh as far as I mean it was a- God, the whole Kendrick Green thing I don't want to go down we 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 that poor kid enough now man don't I don't you know I don't care anything about the fullback stuff's nice to talk about especially coming out of Friday night lights and all like that but none of that's going to matter unless he can you know play center better and and it it it, it that that certainly wasn't there on tape mm-hmm. uh, uh the other night uh I it, it 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 the rest of the offensive line uh play after that first group overall Really felt nondescript. I didn't see it. You know, I was looking for stuff like, you know, anything to kind, kind, kind of get excited about moving on into the all twenty-two on the, in that tape. And really, the only thing that uh, uh, I I find myself kind of looking and raising my eyebrows about. You wrote about this on a film room uh, this morning. Was was I I thought Dylan Cook represented himself well, and we we kind of talked about that last night on the wrap-up podcast. And and you highlighted a lot of that good today.
1: Yeah, I, I've talked up quote. I think Friday Night Lights was the first time I noticed him with a couple of good reps in team as a run blocker and some of the 1v1 O-line D-line. And I've kind of tried to focus in on him, and I've been impressed with his play both in camp and I think definitely in this game. Now, as a run blocker, needs to probably clean up his footwork a bit. He gets a bit too top-heavy, can, can, can fall off blocks. But really good athlete, great feet, former quarterback, who made the transition uniquely to offensive tackle in college. Um, he's got good hand usage, uses uses the snatch and trap well. To knock down the arms of defenders, it's a it's a little bit you know and it's going to be a little over the top, but it's a little little uh, Villanueva like in this yeah. and you know doesn't have quite the size that Villanueva had, but Cook's a big guy with good feet who made a position change and you know Villanueva had that snatch and trap it was so effective. I mean he would just you know throw guys into the ground that way and Cook kind of has a a baby version of that. But yeah, athleticism. It was a great reach and cutoff block that he had in the run game that I have a clip on, on the site of. And so, you know, it was not perfect, but I really see practice squad material with Dylan cook.
0: All right. I, I would agree based on, on that. And I think the other, and it's not hugely notable at this, this point, we'll see what transpires the rest of the preseason here. He, I think he was the only offensive lineman uh, of in, in the eight different line combinations that they used uh, Friday night. He was the only offensive lineman that played both, both tackle spots.
1: Yeah, right and left. He came in as the right tackle, finished out as the left, and you know he began camp as what the left tackle, then moved to right, and it's flip flop So I mean, you know, there's some versatility there. Now he was per- he was a right tackle in college, and so he's probably more comfortable on the right side and played more on the right side. I'm pretty sure in this game, but he has been doing both. Okay. All right. Anything else here offensively? Your takeaway starting on Washington. Do you get any impressions of of the big tight end in his Look, first I- uh, NFL game?
0: I mean, I'm, I wasn't really, I wasn't surprised by anything that he did really. Uh, I you know, had, had a good washdown or two uh, uh, as the end of the uh, end of the line uh, tied in. Uh, he had, that's a long way to go down for a cut block, but he uh, uh, on, on one of those, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of wash out on the other side there. But, you know, people say, why, why make the cut there? What well, prevents that, that edge from getting in, into play, on that cutback lane there, so yeah, that uh, was a
1: Greg Bell run. That was a good run, and Washington had the backside cut on it,
0: right? And well, that 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 seemed like a long way for that dude to have to fall, <laughs> 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 like tripping over an oak tree uh, uh, there. But I uh, you know, and you know, obviously wasn't used much in the passing game. But uh, I mean, to me, it was just kind of as advertised with 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 Washington there.
1: Yeah, I thought there was more consistency than I thought. I think there's some issues in terms of base blocking and when he's a bit more square to the block, I think the down blocks and the angles are going to be aces for him because he's so massive and so big and long. He can wash these guys down and did so on that on that Jalen Warren run that we talked about and I think I have a clip of uh, on the timeline. So yeah, overall, I was happy with his performance. How many snaps did he play? You know, Was the snap count on Darnell in his uh, debut?
0: Washington had 25 snaps in that game and five on special teams.
1: Okay. And that was on the uh, field goal team uh, for Washington it was the left wing, but yeah, that, that's a healthy number for his first game.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Bell, I give a, uh, a B minus two. I mean, especially, you know, one, one of the biggest contributions I think he had in that game was uh, uh, trying to Trying to cut down that uh, that linebacker on the touchdown pass to from 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 Rudolph to Calvin Austin, uh, it wasn't textbook. You would have liked to have seen him kind of, I think, keep that head up a little bit more and and and, and square up uh, the rusher a little bit more. But I think he had to choose one of two on that play. If memory concerns, uh, 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 if memory serves me, and he took the inside guy and. Uh, he cut it. He got just enough of them to give Rudolph time to 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 get rid of that thing down the field. So, uh, uh, once again, it wasn't tech, textbook, and I thought he had what another uh, a decent run or two in that game. So, uh, Greg Bell stuck out a little bit in that.
1: We were talking about memes in the group chat earlier today. Just the old meme of it's not much, but it's honest work. That's something like that. That's Greg Bell on that on that blitz pickup. It wasn't pretty, but it did get the job done. Gave Rudolph enough time to throw that great deep ball to Calvin Austin. I thought McFarland and Passbro was kind of shaky, which has been his game throughout his career. Obviously never going to be his calling card. And I just got to give Jalen Warren credit on that on that run that he had with a with a Washington down block. Look! Look at all the cuts that Warren made. He made like four cuts on that play, right, left. I mean, he's just swallowing through the line, basically, and just that that change of ability is is you know don't want to overlook that because there was a lot going on going on on that play for him. That was a really good run by Jalen Warren.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, and anytime you can get those, I mean, it it's 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 stealing enough when you get a ten yard run. Uh, i think he's going to have a couple of uh true true explosive runs uh of, mm-hmm. of 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 or plays in general you know catching the ball out of the backfield and all like that i i'm going to go out go out on a limb and call for uh four uh explosive plays from 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 him in 2023 okay. of uh 20 yards or longer
1: all right i like it one uh, other note that i had the first snap of Nate Herbig's Pittsburgh career gap pulling him I know you had to love to see the pulling guard there and so will we see some more gap scheme this year maybe with uh some more athletic guards and, and say Malu and obviously Daniel's comfortable in the system in your number two for him it,
0: it wouldn't hurt my feelings you know I, I I love seeing that stuff for sure
1: and I thought say Malu you know new guy to this system didn't seem to have the growing pains that this O-line had a year ago, and so I'm sure that there's better teachers now in Daniels and Cole, that they, Dotson, that they can, they can teach about the Meyer system as opposed to everybody learning it at the same time and going through their own struggles. I thought Daniels looked night and day from last summer as he's gotten much more comfortable with the more aggressive on-body pass sets. Kevin Dotson looks more willing to use the techniques that Meyer teaches. I just think he's not really... It's not in his wheelhouse where he's not comfortable in terms of being that aggressive and trying to slide laterally. He drops his head too much, and so, you know, I I I've thought about Kevin Dotson some, and I know we're going to talk about it a, a ton more before cutdown date. You know, what's his role, and obviously, we'll see what the Herbig injury is with with that shoulder. But I don't think Dotson's a good scheme fit. You know, and we don't talk about scheme fit too much for offensive mm-hmm. linemen, but just based on the the demands of Myers system. I just don't think I think Dotson's a fish out of water, and so what do you do with that? I don't know, but I'm just going to make the declaration that Dotson is not the right man for this Pat Meyer base scheme.
0: All right, they played him at both guard spots. Uh, I thought they did a, you know, for, and it's to be it's not shocking or or not unexpected, but I, I thought they did a good job. Of, of, of shuffling the way they did shuffle through those 14 guys and move guys around. You, you saw Dotson at both guard spots in this game. Uh, you saw Herbig at both guard spots and center in, in, in this game. You saw uh, McCollum, I think at both guard spots, right? Uh, I know you, at least one guard spot and, and obviously center in this game. We talked about cook playing both, both tackle spots. We talked already, already about Anderson uh, playing right guard, right tackle, and 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 left guard. What what other matriculations uh, did, did did they have in this one? Uh, Donko playing both guard spots in this game as well. So they really mixed and matched to give these guys opportunities to 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 to, to, to play the various positions. The only guy that didn't <laughs> didn't move around was uh, really Kendrick Green, right? Uh, right. Uh, I mean, obviously Jones played, 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 you know, at left tackle specifically, and that was to be expected there. But we did not see any Kendrick Green at, 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 at guard in this game. He was center only.
1: Which has been the story at camp. He's not taken one snap but anything other than second or third team center besides fullback this entire camp. And so he's been center only. And that may be another issue with him is the lack of versatility. According to our Tom Mead, and thanks to Tom for doing the offensive offensive charting, uh, McCollum played both guard spots and center. So he's playing all three in this game. And so, yeah, those interior guys moving around a bit more than the tackles.
0: All right. Uh, one final note on offense. I thought Rodney Williams represented himself well with what he was asked to do in that game, both on offense and I, I think on special teams as well, too.
1: Was there anything offensively in particular he did? Cause I didn't see anything that I think, that he, did a, me, I, I think is-
0: he did a good job, of, especially coming across on that, on that uh, flare out past him, of kind of selling uh, at least and, and kind of freezing that, 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 that in there, okay. uh, uh, just, yeah, you know, just a good job of, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I might block you. And then obviously releases out, out into the flat, made the catch and, and, and all like that. I thought he had, uh, uh, I think there's one other decent block kind of out in space there on on one of them there. But uh, I, I came away with just more of a plus sign on not a, oh, my God, that, what a great preseason mm-hmm. game. But just, you know, the uh, the air. And look, Rodney Williams doesn't have a great shot at making this 53 man roster. But, you know, he was on a practice squad last year. So, you know, I, I, I think he's in position after one preseason game to at least make a return trip to the practice squad.
1: And I should correct myself. I believe I said once or twice on the podcast he was from Middle Tennessee State. He was from UT Martin. So I'm sure there was a lot of hate mail coming in for that, but I do want to correct that. Uh, What are your thoughts on the wide receivers in this game? Calvin Austin, obviously game breaker, 67-yard touchdown, 17-yard jet run, drew the pass interference. I mean, this guy's got big play after big play created for this offense in this game. Um, Obviously, we can talk about him. Any other thoughts with the other uh, receivers as, as well?
0: Hey, you just look at that first jet sweep alone. We talked about this, I think, last night or, or the night or, or the last podcast. There, uh, uh, man you you get that kind of explosiveness, and you run it early in the game with that jet sweep, and 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 hit it. It's going to, I th- I think it's going to pay dividends. I mean, the speed is evident, especially on the uh, press box all twenty-two view of that. That guy can get to the edge, not only get to the edge in a hurry, uh, he can turn it up quickly as well too. And how many times have we talked about, man, they, they need that explosive play element from him. And, you know, back, back at college, what, what uh, nearly once every four touches, I mean, obviously it's college, yada, yada, Memphis and in the, in the conference. But if you can even get, you know, once every, every six times he touches the football and explosive mm-hmm. uh, explosive play, I think that should be the expectations uh, for him. Uh, 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 you know, obviously, the rest of the story. I, Deontay Johnson was Deontay Johnson. I don't think he gets enough praise coming out of uh, out of that one drive for what he did uh, there. Uh, Cody White, you, you. I know, it, and we talked about this. It wasn't the best ball overall by by Mitch Trubisky down down that right side. Like to see, uh, that's how you make NFL teams to come away with a catch on that. I'm trying to think of who else, wide receiver wise. Uh, really stuck out in that game, and I and and I'm I'm struggling when I get into to the depth of who really stuck out.
1: Yeah, by that point, Tanner Morgan had come in, and the passing game and the offense kind of went into a shell. So it's probably hard to evaluate that group. But yeah, I would just say with Calvin Austin, hopefully that dosage of explosive plays, and you can't expect it every single time he touches the football or every single game. But a healthy mix is gonna, I think, add a lot of elements and layers to this offense.
0: All right. Uh, you charted defense. Uh, I've watched uh, quite a bit of the All-22 on that. What, what, what stuck out on defense?
1: I May mean, I tied that video on the inside linebackers and, and they're just physical downhill, aggressive play, which I think has been missing for many years in Pittsburgh, whether it's a Landon Roberts who curiously only got two snaps, but even showed that early in the game and Quan Alexander with that downhill mentality. I thought Cole Holcomb was assignment, excuse me, assignment sound. I thought he struggled some from just you know being able to finish plays and some missed tackles. There was one in the hole that should have been early game that. Yeah, that, that he, you know, the, the back stepped out of. But I thought he was in the right place and just showed the right mentality, but he was probably, you know, a poor performance from a a finishing standpoint. But just the overall demeanor, Mark Robinson making open field tackles and making stops, you know, had a great tackle late in the second half of that game. So just just the overall demeanor and physicality of that group has been a a breath of fresh air. Uh, What about up front? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you know Benton was fantastic—the uh, the hand use, the energy, the athleticism—you know, hard to, to reach and cut that guy off. I mean, the clip that you had of him not getting reached, forcing the cutback, and then changing directions and making the tackle—I mean, just a one-man show on that play to to not get reached in in and of itself is important, and that forces the cutback, and then to defend the cutback and make the tackle. I mean, you just don't see that from a lot of these these rookies to to make that play. So I thought Benton—you know—pass rush, club swim. Um, just overall foot speed cornering really good game by him. And it, it really appears that ankle injury is minor. So that, that's good news there.
0: Uh, Montrevious. I thought he started off the game with a couple of good snaps, but then it did seem to kind of tail a little bit to me there. Uh, I thought Liao, I thought that, uh, Liao, I thought represented himself fairly well overall, uh, with, with his hand in the dirt. We already talked about Loudermilk specifically against the run, uh, when it came to like uh, Watts and 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 Fajoco, nothing really hugely stuck out about either of those two. I don't think.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I thought the reps were fine, inoffensive overall. I have to go back and maybe hone in on those guys in particular. But yeah, I thought Lial was better against the run. His hand usage, still pass rusher, as I mentioned earlier. I think he's still trying to figure out his plan and how he wins as a pass rusher, but. You know, just hopefully with time the, the the traits will will match the production.
0: Uh anything else about the guys up front?
1: Well, we go to the edge guys, obviously hurt big. And as I said, right. you know, for a guy that you know didn't practice the last couple of days leading up to that game to get in the game, I didn't I didn't think he was gonna play. And so for him to A play and then B, play as well as he did on the edge, you know, smart pass rusher, good hand use. I love that clip, and I and I love Brian Baldinger because he finds these things, about the, he finds them first, and then he you know finds these little Easter eggs. That play, I forget when it was, but he's on all fours. He's on the ground, basically, and gets back up and, and helps in on the tackle. I mean, that's just, you know, just that that's stuff you can't teach. of Never give up and stay in the fight and, and run to the football. And I just love those little things with Nick Kerbick.
0: Ah, uh, you definitely knew when he was in the game, and I think we said that in the uh, 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 Saturday podcast. There, I mean, thirteen snaps, and you knew when he was in the game.
1: Yeah, he's a hair on fire kind of dude. He's a good athlete, he, and, he, and he's smart. He's, I mean, that 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 sack, the full sack that he had. You know, as you said, the t- the backs chipping, the tackle set wide, the guards down on the tackle, rush inside, and so the outside move initially get the tackle to stay wide. And open the gate, and then swim over and finish. Just, just a great rush all around.
0: I, I think the big thing to watch with him moving forward, uh, obviously, and we've talked about this several times, is play play against the run. And then, I mean, he's obviously working on his pass rush moves, and he's got great teachers there with uh, with 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 Watt and Highsmith and all like that. Uh, can he develop a power aspect to his pass rush plan?
1: Yeah, and he's not going to be a big guy, so it's not going to be innate strength. And so I think the timing of it's going to have to be, you know, feet and hands working together, good punch, good placement, and good, you know, timing of when to use that move, when to set it up. So he'll 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 have, he'll have to be somebody that it won't come naturally, but he'll have to really work at it. But he, you know, it, it could be an asset.
0: I mean, look, he's uh uh early on in this thing, he's he's showing that he does deserve to be out on the edge so far.
1: Yeah, and I was skeptical of it, obviously, and I think I was early, too. early signs are that was incorrect skepticism, and that's why Pittsburgh wants to allow guys to do what they did in college, what they have done for the last four years, and if it doesn't work, then move him. But let's try the thing he was actually what we drafted him with the vision of before we start trying to change his position. I
0: mean, he's you know. Uh, uh, none of the rest of the camp or, 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 or preseason, he's going to be, you know, uh, moved off the ball or anything like that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's his offer. Oppor- he, he is going to get every opportunity to, 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 to prove he can be an outside linebacker uh, in, in, in this system. Now, once we get into the regular season, how much will we see him? I mean, I, I think he's done at least enough at this point that you could potentially carve out, you know, some, 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 you know, passing down, got, you know, uh, instances where, uh, you know, all he has to do is worry about going after the quarterback, you know, getting after the quarterback. I mean, I, I think he, especially with that speed because he is a, he is a first step, uh, 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 when, around the edge, uh, kind of guy. So yeah, I think he's done enough to at least warrant those kind of snaps. Now, if Golden stays healthy and the those other two, Highsmith and Watt, stay healthy, it is going to be hard for him to get on the field on a defensive side of football, I think.
1: Sure, but good problem to have to have that kind of depth they did not have last year. And inevitably, someone's going to get dinged up, miss a half, miss a game, whatever the case is. And you have some you know, trusty depth there with Golden, who I thought Golden as a pass rusher probably less to note, but as a run defender, chasing the ball backside, shooting gaps, you know, disrupting pullers. I thought against the run, Golden was was pretty strong.
0: And this second preseason game, I you know obviously don't know what the what the plan is. You know, even if you get and uh, in, and in Highsmith. Uh, obviously played a little bit against the bucket. I mean, if you blink, you, 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 you missed him there. Uh, he was, uh, how many snaps did he play
1: in total there? Probably was, that first drive, whatever it was, I'm guessing.
0: Uh, high Smith. Where is his snap at here? Yeah. Three snaps, uh, in, okay. in, in, in the game, Levi Wallace, just three snaps of Landon Roberts, two snaps, uh, in, 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 in that game. What I'm getting at here is I don't know what the plan is obviously going to be for the second preseason game. you at some point you're gonna get wanna get, you know, your starters out there, I think. But if the plan is, and let's say it's just his second preseason game to uh to lather up Watt and Highsmith for, I don't know, eight, nine plays in total, something like that. Uh hopefully the Bills game plan is to maybe leave their starters in for a couple of series. I'd like to see Herbig out there with Golden uh get some reps against some stronger competition.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the Bills' plan is for this one. I assume Pittsburgh will play their starters more significantly, and the guys with the uh, the, the you know, concussed birth certificates will play in this game, and Hayward and Watt, and Peterson, Minka, etc., but I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go. But yeah, the more snaps you can get from Herbig, the more that you can evaluate, the better.
0: Why do you think they got him in? If, if they kind of knew he was going to play, talk about Herbig in this game, <laughs> why would not he in? Why wasn't he in this, the, the second rotation?
1: It's a fair question. Yeah, we saw David Perales come in ahead of him initially. I, I guess it was probably just because he was lacking some of the reps, and Perales has been available and working every day, and I think Pittsburgh's general philosophy for these rookies, young guys are, you know, if you're not getting the reps, then either you're not going to play or you're going to come in behind. So I'm guessing it was just because... Procedural. Yeah, just uh, standard. This yeah. is how we do things. Yeah, why, why do you think, and I mentioned this, why did Roberts only play 2 snaps? He, he played the first 2 in base and I when I initially watched the game I thought okay maybe they were only playing Roberts only played in base and Alexander was going to play nickel but Alexander played in base later in the game. I mean Alexander got a ton of snaps in this game. Uh, I knew that he's almost brand new to Pittsburgh but Roberts is still a first year player in Pittsburgh. Why only 2 snaps for Landon Roberts?
0: Yeah, and he didn't even play any special team snaps in in the, in this game to boot and Holcomb played 25 snaps. And Alexander so, played twenty
1: three. Yeah. So why why a deuce for a Landon Roberts? I don't, know. I, I don't I don't I mean he wasn't hurt. I mean it was weird, like he was even part of the post game press conference. And it was like, what do you ask Landon Roberts that you played two snaps? I don't have right. anything, to, anything to ask you. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that. I think there's going to be rotation with all those guys, Holcomb, Roberts, and, and Alexander. But that was a curiosity to see the, the two for Landon Roberts. All
0: right. Uh, uh, the corners in this game. We already talked a bit about James Pierre. So we won't, we won't double back on that. Uh, man, if, 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 Barku comes down early and makes that because t- he got shot out of the cannon mm-hmm. uh on the, on that on on that uh, pass over to the uh right right side there uh if he makes if he if he submarines and makes that tackle he's probably getting more run after this game but he, but he didn't make the tackle.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's especially frustrating because they literally drilled that, you know, that Oklahoma drill they had run last week, that 1v1 where Porter missed those couple of tackles. That's literally the drill because on that rep, what they do is they have these cones set up. They'll throw a you know, swing screen pass to the receiver. The cornerback has to backpedal for two, three steps and then break on the football. That is the drill. And so this was the play screen RQ in his pedal, get downhill, drive, make the tackle. And, and he read it. Well, did everything until the very end and just missed the tackle. He lacks, you know, he's never been a great tackler in, in college at San Diego State. He's been more of that, you know, again, former wide receiver, turn corner, better ball skills than, than tackler. But yeah, he's got to make that play there. All
0: right. What else stood out with 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 the corners in this game? Elijah Riley, uh, good game.
1: Yeah, I was frustrated because Tampa Bay's offense just ran so much play action and crossers and boots, and it was kind of hard to evaluate these guys. It was just so much, you know, you're trailing, you're out leveraged, they're running their 74th crosser off, you know, play action. Okay, we get it. Kind of hard to evaluate the DBs a bit. Trenton Thompson, probably over-aggressive as a tackler, but had that pick. That was a great read. They rotate coverage post-snap. Trask young quarterback doesn't recognize it, basically throws it at him, and, and Thompson steps in front and picks the ball off. He's got some ball skills at corner. You know, Harper using his size. He had a couple breakups late in this game. He's you know super long guys. He's like Joey Porter Jr., maybe not as rocked up and muscly, but you know, height, weight, length standpoint, they're they're very similar. Other than that. You know, I, I didn't get a lot of impressions from the cornerback room. All
0: uh, right. Yeah. Me either. And, and, uh, you know, I think the highlight obviously was the uh, uh, Trent Thompson uh, inter interception. I was hoping to see uh, 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 Robinson uh, uh, make more of a, a, a appearance in this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the scheme was just kind of tough for these DBs to really do much of anything other than just go tackle some guys. So Anything else, you any other thoughts, special teams? I'm kind of going through it still. I thought Hakeem Butler did all right. I think it was actually Rodney Williams who got credit for the forced fumble, not Quincy Roche as I said on a previous podcast. So, good call by you. Um, you know, Jordan Bird, not a ton of chances for him. I this is kind of the the backup special teamers getting the first game with Bird and Killer Brew not not working as the up back. And of course, the the kickers and punters, uh, the backups working this one. So it's kind of the the backup game for the specialists.
0: Let's see. As far as special teams burn went in this game, uh, Paralis had 15 snaps. Roche had 13. In in Dukeway had 15. Uh, Kenny Robinson had 12. Muse had 14. Uh, Thompson had 15. He, we talked ahead of the game. He was going to get a lot of, probably a lot of burn on defense and special teams. He played 25 defensive snaps and 15 on, on special teams. We're trying to see if anybody else kind of stuck out here. Uh, Duke Dawson played 10 snaps there. Kwiatkowski probably would have played a little bit more on special teams had he not uh, dinged that shoulder. He had eight snaps in total uh, there. So that's uh, a little bit about some of the special teams burn here.
1: Okay, I might do a film room on that uh, later this week. We'll have to to wait and see. So overall, good first outing, I think. I thought the rookies represented themselves well in this one. The offense looked good early. Defensively, you know, some some notable things there. I'm pretty happy with how this game went.
0: Yeah, I, I was as well too. I think uh, you know, there's enough uh, uh, good play by you know draft picks specifically to get excited about. And that, that's kind of what you want to do in his first preseason game is get a good look at the younger guys on the roster and, and especially the, the, the young draft picks and all, and, you know, hopefully Joey Porter Jr. Will be healthy enough to play in this, in this second game, get a little bit longer, get a, get a long look at him.
1: All right, Dave, we're about an hour into this thing. Let's get through some reader emails and close out today's show.
0: All right, let's see what we have in the email machine here. Uh, Austin Hackett says running back number three. Uh, he says, hey, guy, he's the one that asked about Trey Sermon the other day. He says, I was unable to find any special team snaps for Trey Sermon outside that he did return three kicks for the Eagles week one, including a long return of 30 yards. As you guys discuss, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the team decides to do with uh, Anthony McFarland. If he's not playing special teams himself. So probably safe to assume the same would apply for any outside running backs added. Just want to say great work as always at training camp. Shout out to Alex for the incredible incredible. incredible recaps every day. I've been reading his training camp diaries for about 10 years because it's just the best coverage you can get. Feels like I'm sitting right next to him. Uh, PS, uh, let's see. He wants me to unblock him on Twitter. Evidently. All right. So we'll look into that. Uh, thanks for the email, Austin. Thank you. Uh, There, uh, Xavier Robinson over the season, you guys compared the Steelers to the Titans. Over the offseason, you guys compared the Steelers to the Titans and have debated if that style can win in today's NFL. I think they're following the 49ers and Eagles blueprint, not the Titans. I think that's smart because you're not going to beat the Chiefs, Bengals and Bills at their own game. Controlling the line of scrimmage will be the identity of the team, but they can be much more than that. It's only a few weeks into training camp and one preseason game, but do you feel the Steelers can be closer to the 49ers and Eagles than the old Titans teams that made the playoffs and, 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 and got eliminated? Look, I mean, it, it's only one preseason game, but still make no mistake about it. They're going to have to run the football, uh, you know, uh, to loosen things up and that, and that jet, that jet sweep, sweep game. and, and, that elongated running game with the uh, uh, pr- prepare to be aggravated if you just don't like specific play calls, regardless of what the outcome is, because they are going to have to elongate defensive fronts. I think with 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 use of the jets and the screen games uh, to to help you know make that power running game even that more effective. And I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end personnel groupings, especially early on in the season, too. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to of one preseason game. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say that they're closer to the 49ers and mm-hmm. Eagles blueprint more so than the Titans. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But even the Titans had the ability to, to, you know, off of that because the running game was so good to, to, to push the football down the field. They just, they weren't very good when they tried to push the football, you know, they didn't have, you know, who's that young receiver that, uh, I mean, they just overall, they they weren't overly explosive, I don't think, down the field.
1: I want to be clear, what I've said, I've said it many times, is the Steelers want to be the 49ers, my Titans comment was. They want to be the 49ers Will they become the Titans and miss that mark because the offense just isn't quite as crisp and talented and the play calling does not match what Kyle Shanahan is able to do. So that's that's the context is I agree they want to be the 49ers. Will they get there? We'll have to wait and see. Does my opinion change off of one game? No, I'm not going to make any sort of definitive conclusions or any sort of super big change of hearts based off one game. Knowing Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay didn't really play a lot of their guys either, but you know, hopefully it can be. I mean, if they can be the 49ers, then then fantastic. That's the goal, and, and hopefully they are and don't become the Titans instead.
0: Look, I hammered uh, young Shanahan early on in his his coordinator career, all right? But he has progressed, in my opinion, obviously, a- 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 as an offensive coordinator of better stuff, especially uh, when it comes to making things look good look the same and running variations off of it. I think he's done a better job too of, of post snap kind of development uh, there. Uh, I think it's, a, I mean, I, I think it's a lot asking Matt Canada to, to become the next Matt uh, 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 or Kyle Shanahan though, you know,
1: it's funny though. Cause I'm pretty sure the Shanahan learned a lot from Canada. In his early days I think Canada was kind of the teacher it was the whole student surpassing master kind of thing I forget the whole story but but you know Canada's offense is going to have to be more layered and more varied and, and be more reminiscent than what the 49ers do for this offense to really you know reach its ceiling.
0: Uh, but we'll, we'll obviously break it down as it goes here, especially early in the season. I I think these, I think these first six games are really, really critical for this team. Not only in, in us getting a good look of what, what, what Kenny Pickett is or is not, but those feel like there's some winnable games in this thing. And obviously you got the, uh, 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 the Browns in there. I mean, to me, it feels like there are some winnable games if you don't turn the football over.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this team can win. I mean, you you can reasonably map out a way for this team to win double digit games, at least go, you know, win win 10 games this year, go 10 and seven, um, that really frankly should probably become the expectation for this team.
0: Uh, Zach Myers has a, uh, uh, interesting question in here. I have a hypothetical question here, uh, for you. He says, if Zach Gentry does not end up being the, or does end up being the odd man out in the tight end room, what do you think his trade value would be? Or would they simply just cut him? Uh, Here's the thing. Zach was a, what, a fifth round draft pick. He's, you know, has he even lived up to, has he lived up to fifth round draft picks so far? For
1: so many that just do nothing, never even make your team. I would say he's at least, you've gotten at least a decent ROI on him.
0: Okay. Well, he's not going to garner, in my opinion on a on the one year cut even though it's a cheaper contract for him and it's a one year deal it a fifth round pick feels rich for him so uh anything beyond that like a sixth or seventh round pick I could I could see uh that happening but that that I mean that is indeed because if you if you did cut him at this point uh and I I still think there's some I'm not I'm not ready I'm still not ready yet to write Zach Gentry's name down in pen. Are you? Or are you?
1: No, I wouldn't go so far to say it's in pen, but when I make my next 53 man roster prediction, Zach Gentry will be on there. And I'm, I, I think imagine it'll be on, be on, mine on yours. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh,
0: but it will be interesting to see what you can get done with Washington, uh, from here on out. And, you know, obviously, I mean, Connor Havens is another one that had a good game the other night too. Mm-hmm. for for, for, the, for the time that he was in that 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 was kind of to be expected uh, with him. We we don't we, we kind of take him. Uh, I I guess we've reached already. We kind of take him for granted for what he can can do at this
1: sure. point. Sure. Now I will say I don't think Dentry has any trade value. I think he's a big blocking tight end. I mean half these teams you using a six a offense seven. alignment. You can get I a seventh round so.
0: draft pick for him. Sure, you can.
1: No, because and if, I'm not if, if, the I'm
0: not the hugest of Zach. You know. Uh, and I, I'm I'm very careful when it comes to trade and trade value. I think you can get a seven for him.
1: He'd, he'd have to go to waivers, right? If he's cut at cutdowns, is he, he's waiver, he's part of the waiver process on cutdowns?
0: Yeah, I believe he'd be part of the,
1: I think uh, everybody what? is. Or, well, I don't know how the vested works for, yeah. for that. Because my thought is like, if if someone, If if Pittsburgh's calling you about Zach Gentry, that means they're about to cut him. So why not just – he's on a minimum contract. Why not just claim him or just sign him whenever he's cut instead of having to fork up even a conditional seventh-round pick for the guy?
0: Yeah, but how how many times have we seen so-and-so is going to release so-and-so later today and then late in the day so-and-so traded because teams lower in the draft order say, well – you know, we we might get beat to the waiver claim here. Yeah,
1: but how many teams are putting in waiver claims on Zach Gentry? Usually, it's a more high profile offensive lineman, someone you know, a bit more in demand. I mean, I,
0: I I'm not saying I'm just saying right. uh, I I think I think you can get if indeed it came to that and he was an odd man out. Assuming he stays healthy, uh, I I think I, I think you can get a seventh rounder for him.
1: Besides him and Kevin Dotson, what other potential trade pieces are there? Something along the D line, maybe? Because that D line is so, there's so much competition. You'd hate to cut one of those guys outright. Do you potentially look at, you know, whoever it is, Fahoko or, you know, Watts or even a louder milk? Would that just, just, just a spitball ideas for potential trade I'm not, not
0: seeing enough value there. I, I really am not.
1: But you see it in Gentry, but not in. Yeah, I see, I, I see
0: it in ginger because he's—I mean, because because of what he is, he's a uh, second or third tight end, and and teams might get in a situation where they need that.
1: Now, is there any other trade trade piece that you think theoretically, not not to declare it that you think it will happen, <laughs> but just something else that makes sense for them to to deal away if they were to deal somebody at? I at don't know. Day? I mean,
0: could could Anthony McFarland be on somebody's radar if 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 you end up not being able to find a spot for him? As a, as a, a, as a number, you know, uh, if he was only going to be your number three and you can't get him on, I mean, obviously the reason he would be out in Pittsburgh would at this point would be mainly because of his special teams value. So if he Mm -hmm. does all the rest that you need him to do as a, as a two, two a running back could, 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 could there be a team out there that, 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 that values that I, I think there's a, an opportunity potentially there.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think there might be a better scheme scheme fit for him somewhere other than Pittsburgh, where it doesn't really mesh all that well. I mean, there's a ton of running backs out there, so trade value for running backs in general can be tougher. But yeah, I I hear what you're saying there.
0: I think the line stops there, though, as far as tradable guys. And and Kevin Dotson really needs to get on his horse a little bit better, I think, shows something here.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that more later in the summer, but uh, just wanted to pick your brain there real quick.
0: All right. uh, I think that's it as far as the email machine goes. So uh, anything else you'd like to add or preview coming up uh, these next couple of days here?
1: Nope. Back out of camp Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we'll be back, Dave and I, tomorrow to recap the Tuesday practice. I imagine things might start ramping down a little bit here, probably be in shells for one of these, uh, at least one of these next three practices. But we'll come back tomorrow and recap what happens and, and go from there.
0: All right. Sounds good. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, Steeders Depot.com hit the donate button upright navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, Steeders Depot.com hit the ad free button upright navigational bar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the support uh, uh, to the site, especially since, you know, n- not, not only in general, but since training camp, uh, Opened and you know, Alex. Thank you to you. I mean, your uh, your, your camp reports have been really helped me. I, I feel kind of. I'm selfish. I like having them just for me. And the <laughs> fact that everybody else gets to read them and listen, uh, to, to your analysis, I, I, I think is just a bonus on that. Because as, as I said on that wrap up podcast last night, man, I felt so, so prepared going into that game, uh, overall, where, you know, I wasn't, wasn't hugely surprised by really anything that happened there. So, uh, shout out to, uh, A Kazora there. Uh, in the meantime, let's see, Alex and I'll be back after the next practice on. Tuesday. Right. And Mm -hmm. in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening to the terrible podcast with Dave and Alex.